Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner, alongside the big man, Big Al Clopine, Alan Clopine. Yes, that's I'm me. very excited right now. <laughs> me too. We got a great guest. His name is Joe Salcihai. And he started Stacking Benjamins. It's a podcast. And I got a little confession to make. Okay. So I'm a big fan of the podcast. Sure. So I listen to it on my way to the gym. I listen to it on the way to work and so on and so forth. You're, you're obsessed. I, I am. I, it's awful. It's almost <laughs> scary, right? And I just listen to it and I, I go to bed to it. It's, it's awful. <laughs> so, so I'm listening and, he, and, and Joe's going to this conference, right? And I'm like, oh, interesting. I wonder what's, where, where this conference is going to be. And then he's like, hey, we're going to be in San Diego. Oh, boy. And I was like, oh, boy. Now you're stalking him. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> so, right. So he, he's, he's like, hey, I'm going to host this party at this rooftop deck at the gas lamp. Well, I, I lived downtown San Diego for how many years? Right. Lots. And I'm like, well, I only, there's only really one nice rooftop deck. So you figured it out. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not that hard. I'm not, you know, I'm not that smart. So. Right, and I'm listening to it, and it's like, and it's Friday while I'm listening to this podcast, and he's like, "I'm going to be there on Friday," and I'm like, "You know what? I'm going to go." So I'm not part of the conference, right? And then so I work a little bit late. We do the radio show, and then I go down, have a couple beers, and I'm like, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to." And I grabbed Rob with me, who works with us. Sure. So I go to this bar, right, Rustic uh, Root, right down on oh, Gaslamp. Yeah, you bet. So I pop up, and then I'm like, "Oh, well, there he is." <laughs> There, so I had to have another beer, get my courage going, because, you know, I'm a pretty shy guy. Then I went up to him. I was like, hey, Joe, are you Joe? And he goes, yeah. And I go, hey, I'm Joe. And, so, and then I was starstruck. So without further ado. That was, that's all you can say. Yeah, that's it. And then I was just, hey, can I buy you a beer? Right. So um, I got Joe Saul CI on the line. Joe, welcome to the show, my friend. The good news, Joe and Al, is that the restraining order is on the way. <laughs> I think that's a good call. In fact, you probably shouldn't come to Southern California. Just, just saying. Right. I mean, it's it's Friday night. You don't think I have something better to do? No, it's, I'm stalking Joe Salcia. So that's uh, why you're single. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh well, Joe, tell our listeners here. You started this podcast, Stacking Benjamins, which I think is phenomenal. It's a personal finance. What what is the genesis behind the podcast? And tell us a little bit about it. So uh, th thanks for having me, by the way, guys. I, I knew this was going to be fun. <laughs> but we, you know, on Stacking Benjamins, there's so many people out there that are giving great advice about money that I really didn't want to compete in that department. I just wanted to have a surround sound kind of show like Car Talk. You know, if you're familiar with NPR's old Car Talk with Cook and Clack, you listen to that show. It's a phenomenal show, ostensibly about cars, but you, you never learn anything about a car. 
And that's kind of our mantra is that if you learn on anything listening to Stacking Benjamins, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> our goal is headlines. It's a magazine-style show. We have great discussions just about current events and financial planning and, uh, and making sure that people have the type of great help that's out there and that they don't get, you know, they don't get waylaid by some of the people that are a little sketchier than they should be. You know, you were in the industry uh, for, what, 16, 17 years, and yeah. you just said, hey, I had enough? Yeah, you know, th that's kind of a funny story. So I loved financial planning. I was... Uh, I owned an Ameriprise franchise, actually, and I did media for Ameriprise. I was one of 12 advisors in the nation that were allowed to speak on behalf of the company before going through compliance. You guys know what a bear for those companies' compliance is, right? Yeah, everything we talk about is always hypothetical or allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when we, we – I met this client last week, hypothetically. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's also the funny thing about about compliance is that I've become the master at talking for an hour and saying absolutely nothing <laughs> because that's well, we, we're, we're pretty good at that, too. It's <laughs> got that down. Yeah. But but we um, I, I had a mentor who was kind of the one of the regional management guys. And he wrote a letter. And you guys know that in the financial industry, in the trenches, you don't write a letter saying that you're leaving the company. You leave at midnight, you take the client files, and 6 a.m., everybody's calling to see who keeps the client, right? Right. right. Uh, so, so, but he didn't do that. He said, listen, I work way too many hours to know what I really want to do. I like financial planning, but I don't love it. And I think unless this reincarnation thing is true, I only have one shot to do this. And that really spoke to me because I do love financial planning, but I thought there were other things I wanted to do. I wanted to become a teacher. He used this phrase where he said, I have other mountains to climb. And what's awesome about Chris is that he he climbed Mount Everest twice after he decided not to do financial planning anymore. And that just hit me hard. And so I was turning 40. So I sold my business, went to school to become a teacher. And then I realized that the teaching I like doing is all about money, right? I mean, I'd love the money teaching stuff. Just being in the trenches, working with individual families was fun, but not not the grind that I personally was looking for. So that's kind of how Stacking Benjamins was born. It allowed me to talk about money in a way where we kind of learn through play. You know, uh, Joe, that just inspired me. I just turned 40. And I think- and You're gonna climb Everest now? <laughs> I'm writing a letter over the weekend. <laughs> You got more mountains yeah. to climb. Oh, I'm out of here. Why don't you start with Cal's Mountain in San Diego? <laughs> oh, right. T take you 20 right. minutes. Oh. Either do that or buy a Corvette. <laughs> oh my! So tell us, you know, with uh, the the genesis of the show, you, how long has it been? Um, like you're the number one ranked uh, financial podcast. How did that happen? I don't know. It was amazing because we just Kiplinger just called us number one last week. Art of Manliness, which is a big site for men, just put us on 27 podcasts that men should listen to. And, uh, and I have no idea how that happened. You know, I think you just if you make no matter what you do, whether it's making widgets or making podcasts or doing your radio show, being a financial planner, whatever it is, if you build something that that is the kind of thing that you would like and then you just hope like heck there's people as weird as you that like the similar stuff then I think good things happen because all we've ever focused on is just trying to put out the best product that we possibly can. And, 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 and people seem, people seem to come, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on. Um, you know, in the world today, we got a big election coming up here and money is such an emotional 
um, p- part of people's lives. And for your podcast, when people listen to it, I think it eases some of that emotion, you know, because when you just hear the dollars and cents and, you know, inflation is going to, you know, wipe you out and the stock market's going to go to zero and you got to buy gold and everything else. But when you listen to your podcast, it's like, I'm learning something. This is fun. And you know what? Everything will be okay. But you guys know, you guys both know, because I hear it on your show, that that it's all behavior, right? There's all this noise going on. You've got all these big media, you know, CNBC, Fox Business, and they all have these talking heads, and everybody's talking about all the stuff you need to do now, yet you know most of the time the thing you should do is absolutely nothing, right? Study after study shows that that the the thing a great advisor brings to the table or that, that a great mentor, a great coach brings to the table is convincing you that holding the line is the perfect thing for you to do. So if you started a workout program, sticking with it. If you started a diet, stick with it. If you've got your asset allocation plan, you know, your diversified approach to your money, stick with it. And uh, and it's so sad because we get letters all the time, like you guys do, about people that the trap they fall into is they let somebody convince them that this that sticking with it wasn't the right thing. Right. There's a study that was done. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this study with uh, uh, soccer goalies, right? And so, so they looked at all right. So let's say you you're, you have a penalty kick, right? And the goalie's there, and that kick is coming at that goalie so fast, they have no idea if it's going to go right, left, or center. And so they did a, a statistical analysis, and if the goalie just stood there and did nothing, they would save more goals. But, right, could you imagine a penalty kick, World Cup, and the, the goalie just stands there? <laughs> you would get fired. I mean, people would, like, freak out. But they have to dive, and that's why I'm like, well, why is he diving right when the ball went left? Because they have no clue. It reacts. So with being a goalie, you have to react, or else, you know, you look like you're not necessarily doing your job. And I think that's true with investments. When you hear, hey, you know, markets are at all-time highs, interest rates are at all-time lows, what is going on with this election, tax rates are going to change, and so on. So people feel that they have to react to that. The election's Tuesday, so maybe I should sit in cash and then just wait till who gets elected. I mean, yeah, I can time it coming out, but tr- trying to come back in is a, a totally different story, too. To your point, Joe, it's funny. I had... Uh I had uh, a trainer at near the end of my first year as a financial advisor who said something that I still think today, I thought it was horrible at the time. I, I still think it's horrible. He said, because the market was kind of shaky at this, at this point, and he said, listen, when clients come in and the market's shaky, you got to move something. And I said, yeah, but we set this up because it's the right thing to do. He goes, yeah, but your goal is to stay hired, right? Your goal is not to have good financial planning. Your goal is to stay hired. And if you don't move something, then they're going to fire you. And I thought, I thought what, what, what horrible advice just to move something just, just to make sure that I keep my job. Like if I'm really good at my job, I've got the guts to sit in there and look my client in the eye and say, you know what? We set this up for a reason. And now it's time for the, the, the battle to begin, and, and we do have to stand here. So but I can just imagine that soccer goalie saying, well, coach, you know, it was the right thing for me. <laughs> right, exactly. Hey, uh, coach, you, I, I saved the ball. Right. <laughs> Who cares? You look horrible. <laughs> you look like a moron. Move. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you know, there, there was a study done, too. Um, on financial advisors, right? Um, since we're ripping on our profession, 
it, they looked at right after 2008, 2009. And so they, and this was a recent study. I think it was just a few years back. And then they asked financial professionals, hey, have you changed your investment philosophy after 2008? And what do you think most advisors said, yes or no? Oh, it's got to be yes. Yes, of course. It's like 90% of them, right? Oh, yeah, of course. I've changed. So what are they doing? They're buying high now. If they would have just stayed with their strategy, it's like it's so funny. It's like you didn't have confidence then. Why Why, why would I stay with you? If you yeah. didn't know what you're doing then, how do, you, how do I know what you're doing now? If you have no clue, really, of how markets work and correlations and uh, diversification, blah, blah, blah. But it's, you know, they, they felt that they had to move because, in the, like, advisors were having, uh, like, P PTSD. <laughs> like, you should not be in the business. I, I think it is fun to rip financial advisors because there's some that are really bad. But I'll tell you a lesson that um, that I heard far too often was people would, would say, well, you know what? I had a financial advisor. They stunk. So I'm not doing that. And every smart person I ever had, Joe, when I was when I was an advisor, every smart person that was a client of mine was somebody that could have done my job on their own. But they always went to an advisor because they needed somebody good looking over their shoulder. It's just don't have one that sucks. Right. <laughs> you don't say, well, I tried to drive that car and that car wasn't driving straight. So I'm not driving cars anymore. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make sense. And there's certainly enough uh, people. We could just rip advisors all day. But there's also some excellent people out there in the business who I really look up to. You know, and um, I, I know you got to go, and, and we, we blew up our clock here, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Dr. Uh, Daniel Crosby, um, I heard him on your show. He was actually on our show just a few weeks. Actually, after I heard him on your show, I called him to book him on my show. <laughs> yeah. So just keep on getting good guests, Joe, because I'm just going to just. <laughs> Joe, he just steals. We steal everything from your show. So all your guests, they're coming here. Yes, right. That's great. Welcome to Stacking Hamilton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. That's right. <laughs> oh, you, just wait for it, brother. Just wait for it. Oh, uh, so and now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, so he was talking to all right. The, the the benefit that a financial advisor brings, and so they they surveyed a lot of really good financial advisors, and the financial advisors were saying, you know what? I think the biggest value add that I can bring to my client is to make sure that they stay on track that they have the right financial strategy in mind, that when they get emotional or they want to do stupid things, we help them and consult them to make sure that they don't run out of money, right? So uh, uh, the majority of the advisors felt that that was their main purpose, but then, then they asked the client, right? And I think only 6% felt that they needed any type of that coaching whatsoever. <laughs> so there's such a huge disconnect within the industry itself. It's like, because that, I, I wholly believe that is true, that a good financial advisor is to help people accomplish their goals through good times, bad times, and so on. But there's so much overconfidence on the other side of the table. It's like, well, I don't need that. I need you to help me pick the best stock. And I mean, seriously, I mean, it, I think, it yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I think it takes a lot of guts to hire somebody who's going to be your own personal Gordon Ramsay, right? I mean, I think it takes guts to be the type of client that wants to hire somebody who's going to say, you know what, Al, you really messed that up. You stepped in it today big time, pal. And and it's hard for advisors to do that because, like, you know, my trainer said my first year, well, you don't want the client to fire you. But I found the more blunt I got and the more I just challenged people about their thinking when I disagreed with it, the more people wanted to hire me. And that's probably who you should be looking for if you're out there searching for an advisor. That's Joe Salcihai. Go to StackingBenjamins.com. Please go to StackingBenjamins.com. I am telling you. 
Um, I, I love the podcast. I'm, I stalked this man. <laughs> so, and um, hey, thanks for the beer, by the way. And the T-shirt, I wear it every Saturday. <laughs> he's he's lying. He wears it every day. Yeah, I was going to say he probably hasn't washed it yet. <laughs> <laughs> it still has your stench on it, Joe. I, I can't. Well, Stacking Benjamins is not that great a show, but it's a hell of a lot better than this one. So. <laughs> That's our new slogan. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, all right, we got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll be back in a second. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, Joe Anderson, Big Al Clopline. Just got off the line with uh, Joe Salcihai from Stacking Benjamins. Yeah, that was fun, Joe. You're right. Great guy. Stacking Hamiltons. Yeah, that's our new show. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and boy. And he's got, uh, what, he's, I think he has a uh, Twitter, Average Joe. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we, we could do that, too. Average Joe and Al. <laughs> Yeah, that's yes, exactly. We can just steal everything. Oh boy! Now you know it's Saturday. It's uh, it's. We thought you know let's lighten it up a little bit. Why not? I mean, everyone's so serious right now with this election season, huh? Oh boy! So uh, a couple of things. Here's a few things you can get our podcast at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Sure. Um, If you want to get, here's what we do with our podcast is that we basically do this two-hour radio show. And then we cut it to the best of, best of, which usually ends up to be about seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> By the time you find it and hit play, it's over. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you can go to Your Money, Your Wealth on iTunes and some other yep. pod- Pod- podcast apps. You can find us almost anywhere. Yeah. So uh, subscribe. If you like it, tell us that. If you don't like it, tell us that as well. Um, we're always striving to be better. Yes, we I are. I think I can say that. I think so. If you don't like it... T- t- Tell us not yeah, don't yeah, like it. Right. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, just be honest. Yeah. We could take it. <laughs> but, but sometimes. Nice. <laughs> uh, emails are just going to flood in. Because they're idiots. Uh, and we do get those. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, go to our website at um, uh, purefinancial.com to get more information about Big L, uh, myself, and the team we have at Pure Financial Advisors. Like I said, we're a fee-only registered investment advisor. Uh, what we do is financial planning. So if you're in need of any type of financial planning services, that's where you go. Purefinancial.com. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. It doesn't make sense. Joe, you start on this one. All right. couple of things. Let's start with the advisor saying, hey, sir or ma'am, Pat. Pat. Okay. Roll your money over. You left the employer. Roll it over. Okay. Now there's pros and cons of rolling over a 401k plan into an IRA. The pro is that, all right, well, here, if you have an advisor that you trust, that you have an overall organized strategy, it probably makes sense to roll it over, have that individual or their team manage your overall assets for you to create the income, to do tax loss harvesting, to do conversions and everything else. So that's a positive. The negative is, is that there's going to be cost involved with that. So if you're working with an advisor, you have to take a look at the cost of your internal plan and you have to take a look at the cost and fees of what's going to happen if you roll it over. And now if those costs or fees justify the value that you're getting, then I think it makes sense. If I keep the money in the plan, all right, if I separate from service at age 55, there is no 10% penalty. So it might make sense to keep it in the plan. If you really love the investments and you don't want to deal with it, keep it in the plan. But I can't take loans from it. I can't contribute to it. It's a dormant plan, 
right? So those are the pros and cons. Anything else on that? Yeah, another thing is if you're older, like let's say you are um, you're in your early 70s and you want to get another job or you want to get a part-time job that has a 401k that you qualify for, you can actually potentially roll that old plan into your new plan and then you don't actually have to take a required minimum distribution because you're an active participant in a 401k. Yet, if you leave it in the old 401k and or you roll it to an IRA, you have to take a required minimum distribution at age 70 and a half. So in an IRA, you have the breadth of all investments, you know, it's uh, it's also easier, Joe, to do Roth conversions and recharacterizations. Yeah, you have in a little bit more control. Yes, so because if it comes from a four hundred one k and you convert, it's going to convert in cash. If I have it in an IRA and I, if I convert, I can convert like shares. Yes, right. So there's 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 pros and cons. You just have to weigh those out. Yeah. Let's but, assume that she says yes. I think it makes sense for me to roll just to consolidate to keep it easy and everything else. Okay. Now, her it. Plan advisor is a total d bag. He was probably even worse than the other ones. Awful. <laughs> so let's just break this down. So he's telling this person, "Hey, you started investing in 2007 and 2008 when the market was low. If you were to roll it over into an individual IRA, you're going to be buying high." <laughs> oh my God. I don't even know where to start with I that. I don't know how to start with that either because the, all the stocks, shares, mutual funds, whatever she owns, she bought low and are high right now. Right now. Right now. And so if, if you're going to get it out of the 401k, those are going to be sold you, at, a, at a high value. And then that transfers over to your IRA. You can buy those same shares if you want to. At the same price. At the same price. Right? It's at the same price. You sell uh, If he's argue, like, how does he know it's high? I mean, the market can still go up another 30%. Who knows? He doesn't have a crystal ball. And, and so fu- I'm selling at this share price. I'm buying back in potentially at the same share price. And that 5% you made this year, well, you're selling those shares at that high price. Right. And then transfer, It doesn't go away. Transfer to the IRA and you can buy and have the same positions or maybe even better positions. Joe, like you said, that is a huge advantage of IRAs is you have a, a bigger choice of investments. I would be buying when the market is high, thus buying fewer stocks. No, you're not. He also said, since your plan is average five and a half percent gain, why would I want to lose that? What? You're not going to lose the gain. You already have it. It's like, well, if you move your assets, I'm going to take that five and a half percent gain back. <laughs> that goes in my pocket. That goes in my pocket, right? <laughs> and, so, Joe, why why would the plan advisor want her to keep the assets? Because in? I uh, guarantee. Well, there's no guarantees in life. I'm assuming she works for a small company. Yeah. Right? And the small company hired an advisor to set up the 401k plan. So the advisor, right, he probably comes in and says, hey, you know, how's everything doing? How's the 401k? Right? It's probably with a loaded mutual fund or maybe an insurance company or something like that where that individual is getting compensated. And this is probably a fairly high loaded, you know, fee-driven plan. Right? Right. And so if those assets leave the plan... His or her compensation goes with it. So, all right. So he or she gets a, a pay cut yes. when, when they lose assets. So, right. Well, so. no, you don't want to. You know, why would you want to do that? You're going to be buying low. I mean, right? It's like you're going to lose your five and a half percent gain. Well, this is what really drives me nuts about the profession is that there's just dirty people that it's like, are you kidding me? Just be honest. Just say, you know what? I don't want to lose your business. Here's what. Yeah, and, if you're gonna roll we, into an got, IRA, hey, maybe we can invest- do something a little bit different here. Yeah. How can I keep your business? Exactly, Joe. That's that. that Instead is- of these lies. 
I mean, this advisor must have been staying up late at night trying to think, what can I possibly, can I possibly say, say to pull or, the wool over her? It, you know what? It's, it's probably not even that. That's what he's been saying for years. <laughs> well, here's some plan. You know, I got this notice that she wants to roll over the 401k. I'm going to sit down with her and tell her the same spiel. Wait a minute. You got in the, the plan in 0708. If you get out now, why are you you're going to? Oh, you have to buy high. You got to buy high. I'm selling high, buying high. If that's the, the you know vernacular you want to use. <laughs> oh geez, yeah. So it goes both directions. So I guess part of the moral of this story is you got to look and see what's in it for the advisor that you're talking to, and and know that there's probably a bias there, and just just go into it with your eyes open. Right. There's pros and cons to moving money into an there IRA really from are. a four hundred one k. And most and I would imagine get the heck out of this plan because who's ever running the plan is being deceitful. I would agree with that, but make sure you find an, an advisor that's well, I would suggest fee only that doesn't sell any products that really is acting as a fiduciary in your best interest, and then you can start getting better advice than than clearly this this plan administrator is giving you. Right, it's just BS. It's all right. Well. So I guess my advice is, yeah, get out of that plan because of, but uh, I, I want to reiterate the pros and cons. Okay. Yes. Get Pro it, yeah. to keeping it into a plan. So for those of you that are thinking, hey, should I move this out of the 401k plan? Well, if you work for a large company, this is probably a smaller company. If you work for a large company, just understand the cost and fees that you're paying because you're probably getting institutional type pricing there. Yeah. So uh, it, could, it could be cheaper. It could than be a lot IRA. cheaper, right? If you go on your own, retail investor probably gets a little bit you know, higher pricing than a big institution. It's a lot large numbers. If I like the plan, and I, you don't have to move the money out of the plan if you don't want to, right? But just know it's a dormant plan now. You can't combine any other plans to that because you're no longer an employee there. You can't take a loan. You can't contribute. Um, and then the, the money is still with the, the company, right? It's still with the plan. So in most cases, in my opinion, I think it makes sense to roll it over. And I know, you know, that that could be very biased because our company is an asset manager, right? We manage assets and we are a financial planning firm. So sure, yeah, if those people roll money to our care, yeah, we're going to be compensated on it. So, um, but there's pros and cons. As long as you understand the pros and cons, you're making a well-informed decision to make sure that you're doing everything appropriately for you and your family. Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Um, my name's Joey Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Go to purefinancial.com. Learn more about us. We're a fee-only registered investment advisor right here in Southern California. We're um, at that time of the show where we're asking um, or reading email questions. Here's one for you, buddy. Hey, what do you got? Are profits from trading options in a non-qualified brokerage account subject to FICA tax? Oh, that's an interesting question. Is that it, or you got more? No, it says, are profits from trading options or stocks in a non-qualified brokerage account subject to the 10.4% FICA tax? 10.4? <laughs> okay, well, well... I took that out just not to confuse people. <laughs> uh, well, let me answer that. A couple of different things, I guess. Trading options, uh, no. Generally, that's investment income. That, that would be... It could be short-term. It could be long-term. Now, if you are classified as a as a trader and there's an IRS term for what a trader is 
then it could then it yes it would it could be considered uh, ordinary income. ordinary income subject to self-employment tax but for most of us we're not necessarily traders and so that's just going to be investment gains investment losses it could be long-term gains it could be long-term you know long-term or short-term gains whatever um, now and the second part of this is when it comes to FICA taxes if you are a professional trader then you have to pay self-employment tax which is actually twice as much as what the rest of us pay in terms of being employed and the reason it's twice as much is when we are an employee the employer pays half of our tax and we pay half so it's 7.65 percent each and so when it's your self-employed, it's 15.3%. So that's the rate, not 10.3 or whatever was said. 10.4. 10.4. It's 15.3 until you get to about $120,000 of income, and then the Social Security, the FICA part, goes away, and now you're left with a 2.9% tax. But generally, no. Trading options would be investment income, not subject to FICA tax. Uh, here's one. Big Al, love the show. My it, wife and I... I was going to say your mom wrote that, but no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My wife and I are both 60 years old. We have taxable investments valued at $900,000. Okay. 401k in IRAs valued at $1.2 million. And a Roth valued at 23000 Okay. We would like to retire in about eight years. Okay. A co-worker said um, he heard you on the radio. Oh, and wow. said that it was possible to pay no income tax in retirement, even on Social Security benefits. With my situation, how is this possible? <laughs> uh, it's probably not possible uh, because, you know what, you've done such a good job saving. You've got $900,000 in a taxable account, $1.2 million in 401Ks, IRAs, congrats. About $23,000 in a Roth IRA. If you're going to work, you're 60, you're going to work eight more years till 68. You've got a couple years where, well, where maybe your income is lower. That would be the prime time, maybe, to do Roth conversions. And maybe you want to be doing some conversions right now. You got here's, here's how he does it, right? He's got to convert the $1.2 million into a Roth IRA from now till let's say, age 70. Yes. He pushes out Social Security to age 70, Okay. Then he's got his brokerage account of 900000 Maybe he saves X amount of dollars into that brokerage account, right? Right. So now he's got, I don't know, whatever, million plus in the brokerage account. The 1.2, hopefully most of that, maybe let's say he could get two-thirds of it into a Roth, right? Pay the tax now, get two-thirds of it into a Roth over the next 10 years. He's got 10 years to do it. You with me? Yes. All right. So now- So he does like 100000 per year. Roth like conversion. That, right? Yeah, of course you have to do more yeah. planning here. But now most of the assets are in a Roth IRA. He's got a little bit left in the IRA and then his Social Security because then it's based on provisional income. And if he does tax loss harvesting, right? so if he's very tax efficient with the non-qualified account, the one that the brokerage account, if he could then you know have losses and gains and he offsets those, that's not going to show up on his tax return, right? Then you look at the Roth IRA. That's not going to show up on his tax return. And then you're and then you push out your Social Security to age seventy. Looks like he's a fairly high income wage earner. That's probably be pretty high. Right? So he could. He, he could do it. That's how you do it. I mean, that's no. what we've been doing with our clients for years. Is trying to get as much money into a Roth IRA as possible because and pushing out Social Security 
because you have to look at how Social Security is going to be taxed and how it's how they look at it is on provisional income. And he's got so much money in a retirement account, it's it's going to blow him up. Yeah, it is, Joe. The, the tough part about that is he's going to be working for the next eight years and probably will already be in a high bracket. So it's it may so that's how he could do it. Would we recommend it? Probably not because the taxes he would pay now to do that may not justify the complete tax, tax savings on the other end. But it is possible. You could also take the $900,000 and start investing in real estate. And then when you retire, you become a real estate professional. And so you can deduct all your depreciation losses. And that's another way to pay virtually no tax. Our president-elect Donald Trump, that's what he has done. Completely legitimate, completely legal. Now, but in terms of your fact pattern, uh, it's it would be difficult. I'll just be honest. It would be difficult to get that much converted to where you're paying no tax. And maybe you don't even want to because if you're paying 25 or 28 percent federal tax to convert and staying out of the 15 percent bracket or maybe the future 12 percent bracket, they, that may not make sense. It might make a lot more sense to figure out, all right, how much should I convert so I can stay to the top of the 12 or 15 percent tax bracket? So I'm paying 25, 28 percent tax right now to be able to do this, but that keeps me out of the higher brackets later. Yes, I am paying some tax, but I'm staying in the lowest of brackets. That actually would be the smartest tax strategy boring <laughs> well yours was unrealistic what are you talking about <laughs> it's too expensive you, well you were going hypothetically you can do that is right it's just it's just not going to make sense i don't believe well, let's pencil this thing out <laughs> well, we don't know how much he no, makes i know we don't we don't know it near enough yet because that's to really to do this properly you got to do tax projections from now till into your 80s or 90s right. to, to figure out what's going to make the most sense for so you. So th- if he let's say if he did that, Alan, right? Yeah. And so if he lives until age 90, right? So 20 years. So he retires at 70, retires at 90, and assume he doesn't pay a dime in tax for 20 years. Right. Right? Then you would have to look at how much money did he pay in tax by doing my strategy to age 70, <laughs> Versus how much he would have paid, right? Because you you paid all the tax up front before retirement, and then in retirement you don't pay a dime in tax, tax free forever. Yeah, you'd have well, you to do this right, you'd have to do tax projections and look at present value of dollars, and yeah, I I agree, it's it is a way to do it, and I guess that was the question: how is this possible? And you are correct, Mr. Joe Anderson. It is possible to convert all of the Roth IRA over the next 10 years, so there is no required distribution. Well, let's say if, and, let's say if he's saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to stop working. Sure. Well, then, then you convert. That makes, that makes it easier, right, because now you're in a low tax bracket. And that's a big miss, Joe. A lot of people retire at 62 or 64. They're in a very low bracket, and they could be doing Roth conversions all the way up to age 70 and a half, and then be in a much better spot. In some cases, pay very little or even no tax. And boy, this this it was a good question, Joe. And we're talking about Roth IRAs converting 401ks, IRAs to Roth IRAs. And truly, it can potentially save you thousands of dollars in taxes. Plus, there's a number of other benefits that really aren't offered by your IRA or 401k. For example, when you convert your retirement accounts to a Roth IRA, you get tax-free income in retirement. There are no required minimum distributions, and you can pass along the money in your Roth IRA to your beneficiaries tax-free. 